Hello and welcome to Your Employment Matters. I'm Beverly Williams and I'm here to help you navigate your career. This is for anyone who's searching for their dream job or promotion, or perhaps you're just looking to hang on to the job you have. Today's work environments are multi-generational, multi-religious, multinational, multiracial, and multi-gender and multi-gender identity. Add market disruptors like Amazon and Lyft, along with the addition of AI, and it's easy to see why finding and keeping a job is such a challenge. Employment success and even employment survival depend on your ability to adapt. That's why my goal for this 30-minute podcast is to first advocate embracing change and differences, and second, to encourage you to proactively assume responsibility for your career. Get your work week off to a good start by listening to Your Employment Matters every Monday. Find out how to own your career and get the best practices for making your employment matter. In the words of Yogi Berra, former American Major League Baseball catcher, outfielder, and manager, you've got to be careful if you don't know where you're going because you might not get there. Whether you've just graduated from high school or college, are ready to change careers, or simply find yourself unexpectedly employed, for several reasons, it's helpful to conduct a self-assessment and develop a career plan for your use going forward. Three of the most important reasons are that one, you'll acquire a heightened awareness of your talents, strengths, and weaknesses. Two, the information you acquire, it'll make it easier to draft your marketing pitch or elevator speech as some call it. I call it marketing pitch because you're marketing yourself, you're pitching yourself. It's more personalized in my estimation, but whatever you call it, it'll make it easier to draft that document so that you can practice it, practice it, practice it, so that it's very fluid when you deliver it, and your resumes and cover letters. And third, it gives you the opportunity to think about what factors are important to you in an employment context. You'll find the Occupational Information Network, ONET. Very useful as you develop your career plan. ONET is sponsored by the United States Department of Labor, Education, and Training Administration, and the website's database also provides career exploration tools for people who are looking to find or want to change careers. These tools will assist you in determining the career path that will be most beneficial and most gratifying to you based on your interests and your skill set. The objective at this early point in your career is to be your own career coach because you may not have the money to pay for a professional. Now, later in your career, depending on your ultimate goal or if you feel that you've hit a plateau and you're not going anywhere, you're just stuck, or if you simply want to move forward and aggressively pursue a promotion, you may want to hire a professional career coach if you can afford to do so. When considering a career path to follow, don't overlook vocational careers because there's money in them, their hills. These careers include building trades, 
Positions such as carpenters, plumbers, and electricians. Also, auto body and repair workers, as well as personal appearance workers, such as barbers, hairdressers, makeup artists, and manicurists. These positions usually require on-the-job, hands-on training acquired through apprenticeship programs and community colleges rather than four-year colleges. Vocational programs neither cost as much as academic programs nor take as long to complete, and that's one of the most appealing factors. Furthermore, vocational positions aren't likely to be computerized, automated, or outsourced. Just a note, I saw recently I saw a program on public television. A robot was flipping burgers and flipping them and flipping them. In another program on the same network, I saw a an 18-wheeler being run remotely with no driver behind the wheel. There was someone in the cab, but that person didn't have control of the movement of the truck. That's just something to keep in the forefront of your mind. Currently, there's a shortage of skilled and unskilled craft professionals because although the housing and real estate industries are recovering, more workers are retiring from the building trades. It's not surprising that building industry groups are engaged in developing future construction leaders, given that the path to vocational career opportunity is often more attainable than other career paths, it makes sense to at least consider whether a vocational career might suit you and your interests. Whether you decide to go to college or you choose a vocational path, there's an approach I'd like you to consider. Please review self-assessment and career path material and think about the following eight questions. One, what are my goals? Two, where do, where do I want to be in three to five years? Three, what kind of skills and experience do I need to achieve my goals? Four, do I need skills that I don't have? Five, do I need additional education and training? Six, will I need to relocate to achieve my goals? Seven, am I willing to take the steps necessary to achieve my goals? And last, eight, who will accompany me on my journey? To answer that last question, honestly, you're going to need to have the other questions answered. So before you choose a career and create a career plan, it's necessary to conduct research and to acquire the information and data that will enable you to make an informed decision and set attainable, reasonable career goals. But don't panic. The internet makes it easy. You may want to be successful, but achieving success takes hard work, focus, commitment, and talent, and the ability to take advantage of each and every opportunity. When opportunity knocks, be prepared, step in, because another knock may not be coming. You should also be prepared to face negative feedback, 
delays, and other goal-limiting experiences that shatter your resolve and self-esteem. But don't let it. Don't be deterred. But seriously consider whether you are sincerely willing to do the work and make the sacrifices necessary to achieve your goals. If you are, go for it. Today and on one more Monday, my guests will be a dentist and Sean, one of his two sons. Dr. Huber is my guest today. His son, Sean, who has a degree from Drexel University, is a drummer in the rock group Modern Baseball, also a member of Vicky Speedway and a vocalist, guitarist, and song- songwriter in Speedy Hands. One family, two distinctively different career paths. My guest today is Jim Huber. Jim is a graduate of the University of Virginia and the University of Pennsylvania, and he's my dentist, one of my most favorite professionals. He's a member of a local rotary club and an avid runner. In fact, Jim was running before he got here today. He has two sons. His son, Sean, will be a guest on an upcoming podcast. Welcome, Dr. Huber. And for today, may I call you Jim? Of course. Yes, thank you. (laughs) First of all, Jim, thank you so much for your time. I I sincerely appreciate your support. You've been very supportive always, but especially since I, I wrote Get the Job Done, which is available on Amazon and barnesandnoble.com. Now, based on our previous conversations, I know that you wanted your do- your sons to become dentists and to join you in your practice. Yes. But they didn't want to do that. No, no. Did you take no for an answer? Um, I did. You know, I was upset a little bit. There's a story behind that. Two different Two different boys, two different kids. They get along very well, but two different personalities, likes, dislikes. But they, at different times, the way this came about is I mentioned to them, totally separate. I know they didn't collaborate on it. Asked about, what about coming in with your father? And almost to the T, it it made me laugh. They said, Dad, you work too hard and don't make enough money. I laughed, but it also was sad a little bit. No, I'm... They picked that up. I never discouraged or encouraged, you know, before that. You know, they just saw what I what I did. They even Sean even came to the office with me a few times, you know, for for emergencies. And he like he he liked that where Brendan shied away a little bit. So it was kind of a surprise, but that's the, the story behind it. And then he just left it. I said, you know, as long as you're happy, I want you to be, you know. So now, just so you know. A few times I, when I was in Dr. Huber's uh, <laughs> dentist chair, he referred to Sean as his son, the rock star. And I said to myself, oh, he thinks his son's a rock star. Oh, isn't that funny? And I just paid no attention. And the second time he said it, and I thought to myself, well, I know Dr. Huber to be a, a, a pretty stable person. Maybe I should ask him what he's talking about. I probably don't understand. I'm misunderstanding something. So I said, Dr. Huber, your son is a rock star and tell them what you told me. 
to remember. Oh, uh, uh, yes. Okay. He's a rock star. Oh, yes. He said modern, modern baseball. baseball. Now, yes, yes. I didn't know modern baseball. But when Dr. Huber told me that, I went online and lo and behold, there's all this information. Modern baseball was written up in the New York Times. Uh, 88 on the top Billboard 100. Yes. Uh, that was, that's what I said. I said, yeah, was, his last album was hit the Billboard. Seriously. Yes. You may hear this insurance podcast, which is coming up uh, eventually, but I, I mentioned it to, uh, I was doing a podcast for a local university and one of the graduate students said something and I said, oh, my dentist son is, is uh, the drummer in modern baseball. And she started to scream. Yeah. <laughs> and I said, oh my goodness. And then I said something to my my godchild Alexis, and she started to scream. And I said, "What is it? What is it?" She said, "Oh, that's my that's one of my best friend's favorite band." So the moral to the story is: don't ignore people when they tell you things. You know, you may want to follow up. But now, as a result, I have two great guests. But let's get back to you, Doctor Huber, and and being a dentist. Now, you got your undergraduate degree in economics, yes. which is more business oriented. Yes. But you made your career in dentistry. What made you do that? Well, I knew I wanted to be, I was lucky. I loved to, to go to my dentist. I used to stay afterwards. You loved to go to your dentist? I did, yes. And he was, a, he was a neighbor. I've known him all my life, but I would stay afterwards and just watch him. Wow. Uh, nine years old, I decided I wanted to be a dentist. So I, I wanted to. So took my sciences, went down to the University of Virginia. All the pre-meds, you know, they, they usually major in bio or chem. The real truth is, since I was at Virginia on scholarship, uh, athletic scholarship, all the upper level science course, lab courses were two to five every day. So Jim had to be at practice every day, and the coaches wouldn't missing two days a week of practice for lab. So that was the reason. And economics, I I took my I was a what's called an Eccles scholar, which you might know about at UVA. So we got to take some upper level courses courses early, and I did well in economics. I liked it, so that's what made me decide. So the the reason was part necessity and part that I liked it. So. So you had to find a workaround. Right. When right. they tell you you can't do one thing, you, you have, have to figure to out a way to, that's to right. make it work. And that's, there's a moral to the story, listeners. Don't let anybody tell you what you can't do. You may not be able to do it the way you plan to do it, but you can find another way to do it. If you, exactly. if you pursue it, if you look hard enough, if you talk to enough people, you can find a workaround. That's really a good lesson. Right. A lot of people take no for an answer and they keep moving in another direction. Now, you belong to a local Rotary Club. I've spoken to your Rotary Club at your invitation. Thank you again for that. Why did you join the Rotary Club? Being from West Orange, well, uh, the short answer is uh, my partner was a Rotarian who I joined. And uh, so I, in other ways, I grew up with Rotary. In the West Orange Club, every week, Certain, uh, the principal, the board of ed president, they were all Rotarians back in the day. And uh, they would take a senior each week, each Friday for different interests, you know, captain of this team, that team. So yours truly probably went to Rotary 
10 times his senior year for baseball, academics, everything. So I got to know the Rotarians. The Rotary also in West Orange gives a, a scholarship, gives several scholarships to graduating seniors. They can go to any school, but they have to be residents of West Orange. So the parochial schools, uh, the, the public high schools, uh, any any school in the area, as long as you're a West Orange resident. So again, I happen to be fortunate to not only receive the scholarship my senior year, but since I kept in touch with Rotary and I during the summer, I would be, be a guest there with my future partner or with several of the uh, local businessmen who knew me, I was fortunate to get it all four years of college, which That's I don't think has ever occurred before or after, but only because I kept in correspondence, let them know how I was doing at Virginia. So I, I, you know, you greased the yeah, skids. I, right, right. I helped myself out. Yes. Well, so, and that's another good. That's another good lesson. Right. You it, know, it, it pays yeah. to keep in touch. Right. I'm yes. sure a lot of young people get scholarships mm-hmm. from churches, from community organizations, wherever they come from. Yes. And you know, they may send them a thank you note, right. but they don't continue the relationship. Yes. They don't stay in touch. Right. That's a great way to keep you and your situation foremost on their mind. Right. I mean, it's not going to yes. be what they think of every day. Right. But right. when they think of you, yes. they will have a, a positive thought. thought. Yes. You know, it's not like, oh, who was that? Or, right. you know, what did they do? Oh, this is the person that stays in touch with me. Right. And that's the beginning of a very robust, it can be if, if people work on it, a very robust network. Yes. And that's another thing. Uh, the Rotary Club must have done for you. Yes. It was a, it was a way to network and get uh, patients. Yes, and um, I had the advantage being from West Orange. Most of the Rotarians were patients of my partner, or have known me since I was this high. But in addition to that, too, that that was my community. So I wanted to give back to West Orange in that sense. And Rotary seemed the perfect avenue. Also, I uh, my first assignment. Uh, we have different committees. Take a guess what my first committee assignment was. Scholarship committee. Oh, really? And I ended up being chairman for twenty five years. Wow! So, so uh, did how many how many uh, recipients kept in touch with you? Was that the was it unusual for them to keep in touch with yes, you? Yes, yes, they didn't yeah. do what I did. Yes, yeah. yes. See, so. I'm telling you, anybody that's listening, please, that's an opportunity. I talked about opportunities in the beginning of this podcast. You've got to recognize opportunity when it knocks. That was opportunity knocking. If you're fortunate enough to receive a scholarship, stay in touch with the people who select you. All of them, if you can. Yes, exactly. And we, uh, it was, uh, and that was my favorite committee to be on. No, not just because I received it, but it just it. Restores your faith in youth. I mean, we had some very impressive kids come in different years, different class. You know, different different graduating classes have strengths and weaknesses, and you know, some years they're not as not as robust, but other years, some of these kids have. You know, it, it restores your faith yes. in the future of of our country or yes. of our youth. So that's really that. You know, just talking to you about about your 
charity work, your, your public service work. There's so many nuggets that people can take away that, you know, things that you did that they can adopt for themselves yes. and can find them and, you know, serve them well throughout their career yes. and throughout their life. That's excellent. Thank you so much. Can I add one sure, more? Sure, absolutely. So with that, I, I, uh, was the senior citizen dentist for the town of West Orange in my free time for the last 30 years. Uh, you have free time? Right, right. I made it. And that was, uh, and they closed the clinic about five years ago, but I still continued to see the seniors at my office on Wednesdays just as a, a give back to my community. So that, that's, that, that's my, I don't, I don't really teach or lecture. That's not my, my forte, but you know, that volunteerism is, you know, they appreciate it. And, uh, you know, someone has to be an advocate for the seniors. So, but you know, car it's karma, karma, what you put out there comes back to you. And the space. good you cut, the good you put out there and you're doing a lot of good. See, yeah. I didn't know all this, but why would I, you don't talk about <laughs> all the things that you do, but I appreciate you sharing it with listeners because there's, like I said, there's so many helpful tips that you've shared that people can adopt for their personal use that will benefit them for a lifetime. It's wonderful. Now, personally, I'm, I advocate multiple income streams. You know, can you do that as a dentist? I don't know where you'd find time with all the, the charity work. You do. Right. Right. Yes. You know, I, I just, uh, always felt do what you know. So I, I don't, venture out into different things you know uh, uh some some professionals start health clubs or cleaning services or so you know it just uh, my philosophy was i know what you do you're investing in dentistry in your business and if i can devote as much time to that and and bettering myself as a dentist i'm not just from a financial point of view but anything else would be kind of distracting. And with dentistry too, you, it's very physical. You have to be there. The owner, the owner of the pretzel factory doesn't sit and make the pretzels, but the owner of the dental factory has to make the dentals or there's no, no income. So just anything I do on this, any other, it's, I either do it for fun or for, for charity and that. So yeah. that, that was, that's always been my philosophy. You stay in your lane. Yeah. Do Right. Right. Yes. Stay in your lane. Yes. That there's nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. There's nothing yeah. wrong with that. I mean, I've seen people who, to your point, may be good at what they do professionally. Mm -hmm. They jump into something else and it doesn't go well because right. they don't have, they don't have the comfort level. They don't have the knowledge base to be successful and they haven't brought in the necessary people who have the expertise to help them for whatever right, reason. Right. I mean, you know, I don't, th I don't know that it was intentional that they didn't, but right, they didn't. Right. But it's a good, a good point too, because that's my one worry. It's dependent on me, you know, being healthy and being able to do it. I can't delegate the dentistry unless I became, you know, an owner of a dental company and didn't do the dentistry, but it's pretty much dependent. That's where the pressure and sure. it's more stress there for me than the stress of treating a patient. I love what? treating the patient. Oh, you love to. Yeah. Well, how do you manage the stress that you experience? Uh, running has been a cure-all for me. Don't have a lot of hobbies, but just the running and uh, running really calms, that, calms me down. Spiritual a little bit. You know, I'm a uh, practicing Roman Catholic, but that, you know, that's, mm -hmm. but there is a 
because of my activity and that I'm not really good with meditating or sitting still. So the running actually makes me, the physical activity, I can trance out when I'm running. Yeah, and it's good for you. Yes, so that releases stress. Health-wise. Yes, yes. So that's my stress relief is physical activity more so than yoga or meditation. You know, it just, uh, fortunately, unfortunately, running is my, is the only thing that does it for me. You know, biking, swimming, you know, yeah. no, no running. So I need my, my knees and my hands and my legs. I need. For, I get it. For I professional get it. End. So now as a dentist, how important is networking in, in your business, um, in your career? Again, I was fortunate enough uh, because I came back to work in my hometown in terms of transition with my partner. They might not have, you know, trusted me fully as a dentist, but it was not of a farm that most of them knew me since I was, you know, four years old or so. I lived in town. I grew up here. So for many years, it was word of mouth marketing. I, I was, said it, it, it is important, but, you know, g- good work. I don't really, I just got a website. I'm not technically savvy that way. Most of my, the majority of my referrals are, are, are for years were word of mouth. Someone knew someone or from my existing patients. Internal oh, marketing. That's what, that's what fact, I'm comfortable with. Yeah. My One of my other doctors mm-hmm. recommended you as a dentist. That's right. That's right. That's yes, right. Yes. And he was a patient of mine. Yeah. And he still is a patient. Yeah. Yes. So Barnabas is a, is a, is a big help. I've been there. I was a resident there in 84, 85, and then I joined the staff. So, you know, kind of my marketing is, is very, you know, uh, face to not face to face, but that's With my marketing yeah. because I've worked there for so many years. A lot of the physicians, a lot of nurses. So, well, you go the extra yeah. mile, though. I mean, you. I was in. I had surgery a couple of years ago, <laughs> and the nurse said, "Your doctor called. Your dentist called." And I said, "What? He, what? What?" Yeah. He called to see if you had gotten through the surgery all right. I was yeah. like, "Who does that? <laughs> Who uh, does uh, that?" I get, you know, I guess you could call that maybe marketing too. I don't look but at it, but I, it well, is, it's, no, it's but caring. It's, it's yeah. caring and it, it's, yeah. it, it serves you well because when I tell people that story, right, right. they want to know, well, where is he? Yes. yes you know, sure. I, mm-hmm. in fact, I, I'm going to see a friend tomorrow. She lives in South Jersey. Mm-hmm. She's, I think she's going to come up to make it, I think okay. she's going to make an appointment to come up to see you. Oh. Thank you. Because for some reason, her 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 current her current dentist ticked her off, oh, and yes. she's not happy. Go Say, figure. Uh, people they don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. That's cliche, but that's my friends are impressed. <laughs> now we talked about how you manage stress. Mm-hmm. Your staff, your staff—they're lovely. They're so nice. When you became a dentist, did you envision that you would have to hire people and supervise them? Not at all. Dental school, I don't know how it is now, but we were not prepared. We're health professionals, but we're also small business people. And and my partner, who was my parents' age, actually, and I caddied for him. That's how we got to know each other. He taught me really, you know, what I needed to know, and then I furthered it. But no, you're totally unprepared. You know, you're, you're a small businessman and you're a healthcare provider. Our expertise is, is healthcare treating patients. I mean, most dentists say, oh, if I could just treat patients all day, I'd be happy. So no, I learned by the seat of my pants, basically how to run an office. I always say 
keeping, and I will be sex this, keeping four females happy is a lot tougher than doing a brain <laughs> surgery or a root canal. So, yes, so that is a challenge. And they all seem to have different personalities. Oh, definitely. And I've been fortunate where I've had several with me 20 plus years, my assistant. So, you know, it's a lot more expensive to to hire than to and to uh, keep you know, what you have. So I Absolutely. am very good to them. I, you know, I treat them well, I think, and it's proof because they've been there. Well, you're a nice person. That comes easy. It doesn't come easy to everybody. Right. Everybody right. is not as nice as you are. Right, right. You're a considerate man. Right. Everybody right. is not considerate. No, no. I try to be that, you know, without being taken advantage of. So I'm, I would tend to be, I'd rather be taken advantage of a little bit than be a time, you know, than if you had to be, you want to be right in the middle, of course, but I'd rather go the extra mile for my employees to show them, you know, to, to keep them. What do you like most about being a dentist? Interacting with the patients. Mm -hmm. You know, it's the patient, it's different. You know, each procedure is different. I really, I'm fortunate. I'm never really Oh, I'm bored with the work. You know, there's always a challenge, and 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 interacting with the patients too. Where you know they're 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 awake, and you know it's not like you're a surgeon, and you know you don't interact right. at all. And, and uh, so the interaction, just the the variety of. I'm a general dentist, so which means I do probably a little bit of everything, all the all the specialties. So I'd, I'd say that the interact inter- with the patients. What advice would you give someone who wanted to become a dentist today? I'd say you're going to have to work hard, you know, a strong work ethic. What you'll learn in dental school in the the ivory tower, you know, learn it. You have to learn your basic skills. But when you come out of school, just be open to try to get to know the patient first before their teeth that's better <laughs> just it's it's as i said how much you how much you know is not important until they know how much you care i'd say you're not gonna you're not gonna become a you know a, a millionaire you you're not gonna hit a lot of home runs but you'll hit a lot of singles it's a it's a comfortable life i'd say you know just be prepared to work hard and you know you're gonna struggle i mean you've invested you know, your time and your education, the course of medical and dental school is, is getting prohibitive now. I mean, it's been, it's always been expensive, but uh, you, re- you, you can't go in it for the money. Yeah. I guess that's what I would say. Mm-hmm. And advice is once be a dentist, when you come out, you know, just your first couple of years, you're really learning, learning how to treat people. Basically, you know the percent important and picking up your yeah how to how to manage people too. So and I would say get some business courses during your undergrad and even if during dental school, you know even get a business. You know uh, some people get an MBA afterwards or not, but just have some business experience if you're going to go that way. And again, it's corporate is is the way to go. It's not the way to go. It's it's becoming more and more popular. So the graduates now, they're not they they're not opening practices. They're right. either going in with joining someone, someone or joining. Yeah. Jo- uh, they're joining, you know, a group or buying in a, into a group practice, or they're working for the dental centers. Or so you know, it's 
It's, a, it's it's one of the last cottage industries left. Medicine is there's no single proprietors yeah. anymore, very few. Very so um, yeah, it's and it's coming with dentistry, but we've still managed to stay, you know, like the mom and pop, and that's what I like too. That's yeah. a, 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 you know, you're 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 destined to be your own shit. So so what about your practice? You know. What are your plans for the future of your practice? You got plans. You have. Yeah, I know what I the plans plan. are. Yes. Now um, you tell the listeners what your plans are okay. for the future of oh, your dental practice. Okay. I've been been by myself now probably you know, nineteen ninety nine. So twenty years. You know, I had partners. I had my partner's son. So basically, it's me. I um my as long as I'm healthy, you know, I I, I have a you know I. I have myself protected that if something did happen to me, that there is a, there is a, I'm protected myself. My transition since my, heard about my son's, their desires. I have a new granddaughter. I actually say that to my son all the time. That's my, that's my exit strategy. (laughs) So I'm 61. I'll be in 26 years or 25 years. I'll be 86. I still plan to be practicing. That's when she'll graduate dental school. So that's my hopes. Okay. Uh, my son doesn't say anything about that, but you know, and even my uh, my staff says, "How do you know?" And I said, "I know." She, I, her chair is ready for it. So um, I just, uh, you know, I I feel that if I'm healthy enough to get up and run every morning, I want to go to work. I love what I do. I signed a long term lease on my newest office, so I just rather than then take someone in, which if the opportunity presented itself, I still am, want to do it and want to be, and you know, not so much in control, but I, I love what I do. So I see myself, you know, unless something changes and I'm healthy, I see myself, I just be about ready when my granddaughter graduates dental school well, to slow down, not even retire, <laughs> just slow down a little. I'm sure she's going to join you. Right, yes. She wouldn't disappoint her right, grandfather. Right, right. So, yeah. so now that we're at the end of the podcast, is there? why don't you tell listeners how they can get in touch with you should they need your dental services? Oh, okay. I'm, uh, this is my third West Orange office. My corporation or my dental practice is called Llewellyn Dental Associates. The uh, office number is 973-325-9065. And I do... Uh, have a website now. I've gotten into the 1900s or gotten technically savvy. Uh, Llewellyndental.com is my uh, is is my website, or or just Google Llewellyn Dental Associates for my corporation. Doctor so. Hubert, thank you so much for sharing your insight with me and my listeners. I really appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you, Beverly. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Your Employment Matters with Beverly Williams. If you found this podcast helpful, please subscribe and leave a review. I truly appreciate your support and that helps other listeners find the podcast. If you have a comment, question, or suggestion, you can reach me at bawilliams at youremploymentmatters.com. My book, Get the Job Done, is available on amazon.com and barnesandnoble.com. Please join me again next week. Until then, remember to embrace change and differences.
This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM. Women's voices amplified.